keep digging North Melbourne's grave. But let's go back to 1994 and the preliminary final. Tough night for me tonight. <laughs> it certainly is. And what an extraordinary game of footy played at the MCG on this day. And uh, to reminisce all about it is the captain of the Cats at the time, the winning team, and that's Mark Bairstow. G'day, Mark. How are we, boys? Yeah, great. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Um, now, tell us, uh, let's go back all the way back to 94. You're the captain of the Cats. You've just, um, yeah. a couple of weeks prior, you've just won a, a final over the Bulldogs by Billy Brown. He's kicking the goal after the siren. Um, and you've gone into another thriller. You there, mate? I think we've lost him. Have we lost him? Oh, okay, I'll have to give him a call back. Pat. My pad? Yes. Oh, I could go to the weather. Go to the... Or don't go to the no, weather. No, I won't go to the weather. Uh-huh. I'll talk, I can talk about that final. Yes. Being go a on. North man. We're, we're going to ask him, obviously, about the... Uh, if you don't remember it, listeners, it was the uh, prelim against North when uh, Ablett was well held all day by uh, one of my favourite players, Mick Martin. And yeah, got down to the last few seconds. And a Is that better? Oh, we could put you through. So we've got Mark we on. on. We've got, we got Mark back now. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. This is a better line, I think. Yes, sounds better. Sounds better. Fantastic. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, well, let's go back to 94, mate. Um, yeah, as I was just saying, that you won a final against the Bulldogs after the siren, thanks to Billy Brownless, and you find yourself in another, um, n- another uh, thriller. Yeah, it was it was an epic game of footy as well because uh, North Melbourne uh, was Wayne Carey at the time. Now yeah, they were a pretty powerful outfit at the time as well. So uh, and they started briefly and uh, they took a bit of checking back in the second quarter. And consequently, it was it was all set up for you know a great second half. Yeah, Mark uh, was here, mate. I'm a I'm a North man and I I remember it uh, vividly. Uh, but what what was your sort of feeling? What was your feeling at the end of the game? Uh, probably uh, we were pretty knocked up at the time because we'd, we'd had a lot of injuries from uh, from the uh, West Bulldogs or Footscray game and we'd carried them through and we were pretty knocked up really to be honest. Um, and we are probably a bit lucky to get away with the game as, as it turned out. But it was one of those games that was played in different quarters. North Melbourne obviously... In the first quarter, they were outstanding. Carey and uh, I can still remember Anthony Stevens running wild in the first quarter. And then in the second quarter, Blighty had given us a bit of a rev up on the ball, the on ballers, and uh, we'd had a terrific second quarter. And Couchy and Buddha and that, and, and uh, we dominated the second quarter. Uh, and then we, were, we found ourselves about 30 points in front in the third quarter. And then in the third quarter, it became, a, you know, from one end of the ground to the other, it was just tremendous stuff. And uh, I actually, uh, I got knocked out, I think, about 20-minute mark of the third quarter. And uh, they'd called for the stretcher. And in them days, you had to get on the stretcher. So it was a bit of a funny affair, really. And... Just, just on that, uh, do, you, do you recall the incident? Well, uh, all I can remember is uh, Archer running straight through me. That's all I can remember. Oh. <laughs> We're not the only one that's, that's happened to. <laughs> yeah, no, I was on the half forward flag. I was running back with a flight of the ball and, and he was coming the other way and obviously uh, he'd be pretty flush if you'd taken the, the Geelong... Uh, one from the weekend, you probably would have doubled that. You would have doubled the. Ooh. 
would have doubled the gains, I would imagine. Right, okay. Well, that's lucky that uh, <laughs> North didn't get up. They would have lost. The funny part of them days, uh, as it's turned out, I went off on a stretcher in the preliminary final. I should, in today's rules, you wouldn't, you'd never play. Mm. The following week in the grand finals, and that's how you know, that's just how how the times have changed. What, what do you move on? We'll talk about that. What what do you think of that rule then? I mean, obviously you played the next week and you captained the team. Um, should the rule be changed, or do you do you think uh, what they're doing is right for the players? No, I think it's right for the players. I think it's right for the players. The only thing uh, at the moment, uh, it, it's probably run by tests. You know. You're probably you're probably touching. Uh, they probably go down underneath, and they've got to uh, put your finger on a on a on a light that comes up, and, they, and you do a test. Well, if you do that test pretty ordinary early in the year, well, you can sort of manipulate that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. No, that's a good plan. Well, you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, if you if you fail badly early in the year, which then that gives you some open pass and later in the year. <laughs> You're not telling me that happened to you, Mark, did it? Well, I can assure you it did happen, but, but uh, it might not have only been me. <laughs> hey, uh, your career too, I see. You, you signed with Geelong and not long after the West Coast Eagles uh, were given the licence. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but would you have stayed, preferred to have stayed and, and played over at West Coast? I mean, you've probably been asked this before. I, did, I definitely would have stayed at Geelong uh, at uh, the West Coast Eagle, even though I, I found some wonderful friends and had a, had a great time at Geelong, and and I, I hold the club in great respect, and uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't take nothing back for the world. But uh, Graham Moss was the general manager at the time, and previous. I'll cut a long story short. Previous to that, he'd swapped me for a player from Queensland from the Claremont. I was in the Claremont zone. He was coaching Claremont. He swapped me for a player from uh, Queensland who never ever played. Of course, I went on to Captain mm. Geelong and whatever, and uh, uh, so it, it didn't sit real well on, it, on his face. So yeah. there's no way in the world he was going to try and recruit me for the Eagles. Oh, right, so, that's, that's your story. story. Yeah, that's yep. your story. Um, so you, you did come over to the Geelong. What was your first impression of the uh, the VFL uh, back then? Uh, it's a very tough competition. Up up tempo, quite considerably to what. Uh, well, I'd, I'd only played. I'd, I'd been playing at Lake Grace, which is five hundred kilometres southeast of Perth. If nobody knows. Uh, well, it's actually when. Uh, Nat Fife comes from. That's what mm-hmm. I say now, don't mm-hmm. um, So me and Nat Fife are the <laughs> two that come from Lake Grace. A couple and, of guns. Uh, uh, I went to South Fremantle, only played to the first year. I just travelled down on the Friday night, play uh, train on the Friday night, play Saturday, drive home Sunday, the 500k home Sunday, then come back the next week and do the same thing. Wow. So I did that for the first year. The second year they made me captain of South Man also then uh, so then I stayed down and, and uh, worked down in Perth but, but for the first year I just travelled down on the Friday night You obviously had uh, leadership qualities uh, being made captain there and then also in Geelong when you're over in Geelong I mean who did you enjoy playing with the most over? you played with some fantastic players Yeah I was I was talking to Jack earlier and like the, the we had some wonderful. Uh, we had a wonderful team, 
that didn't reach the ultimate success. So where that rates, I don't know. We had a wonderful team up until that stage, and and uh, yeah, like I had some great friends there, like Couchy and Barry Stone, Billy Brownless. Yeah, they're wonderful people, and uh, remain friends. Well, obviously. We've lost cats to, you know, but uh, it's just wonderful people. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't get better type of blokes. And, and Billy's still acting the fool, but he's still a great fool. <laughs> really is. We had uh, Glenn Jakovic on a, a couple of weeks ago, and he actually rated Barry Stoneham as probably his toughest opponent. Yeah, wonderful player, Barry. Uh, he, he, he broke a leg at Princess Park one day. I forget who. I've got to play Carlton, right? And, uh, he went up for a ruck knock, came down and, and put the bloody his knee bone straight through the side of his leg. And he, he, he was never the same after that. Mm. He'll say that the same thing himself. But, uh, oh, he could have been anything. He, he was, he, he could have played half forward, centre half back. He, un, underneath Gary Ablett, Billy Brown, else he was, uh, you know, probably, he was, he, he was huge, you know. Certainly. Now, there's two characters that you played footy with, or not played, but uh, one of them was your coach at the Cats. But I uh, just want to touch on Gary Ablett Senior. Uh, tell us your memories of him and, and how amazing it was to watch him, you know, close close up in, a, you know, in big games. Yeah, well, people don't realise how good he is or how good he was. Uh, I watched all his son play just about every game on TV and whatever. And he's a wonderful player, a wonderful player. But Gary Ablett had, you know, they talk about what's the fellow they got from Geelong uh, uh, I got now, up forward, Cameron. Cameron, yeah. Uh, he's got little bits and pieces of Gary Ablett, but he wouldn't blow wind up his ass to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know, that sounds harsh. Yeah, no, fair. But he, he was wow. just one of the greatest players you've ever seen. And it didn't just come from me. I asked Bobby Skilton and Teddy Whitten and all from different eras and they are all of the same opinion that they'd never, ever seen anybody with the same talent that Gary Ablett's seen yeah. had. And he, he can do things that other people couldn't do and he wasn't a great trainer. Yeah. What was he like? He didn't, do, he didn't do it off the back of hard work. He just had sheer ability. And uh, he was uh, well when he was on song. He was un- he was unstoppable. You, you say unstoppable. about you say about his training. Um, was it was it frustrating being the captain um, of him and um, and you know seeing that he, he sort of didn't train? Yeah, but that's but that's how modern coaching has gone. If you really think about it now, coaching is now for the individual, where you try and meet the meet the needs of everybody. You try and make them happy. You try and make them feel like they're, you know, they're they're a big part of everything, which they everybody is. But you know, the days of the Tommy Hafey days, where everybody did ten k's, everybody did a hundred hundreds, everybody did you know twenty two hundreds. Them days are gone. Nowadays, it's all about the individual, and that's Gary was an individual, and I can remember Blighty. He went for a walk with Gary one day and they come to a bridge and it's, it's, a, it's an old story. You probably heard it. And they got to the Barwon uh, Bridge and he said, you either walk across with me and, uh, and I'll look after you or you stay on that side and, 
and you, and you and you go you just wander wander away again and and, and basically he came across with Blighty and Blighty just to basically let him do whatever he wanted to do just kept him happy he, but he always had shots for goals and how could you argue yeah, mm. yeah, like, I think he averaged seven or eight goals yeah. under Blighty oh, every game so uh, he was an enormous player incredible player and I, I, I've never seen one as good, and I don't think I ever will. <laughs> no, that's very true. Um, now, tell us, uh, the other one that I wanted to talk about was Blighty. Uh, we spoke to Tyson Edwards earlier in the show, and he gave us his uh, best memory of, of Malcolm. What's your favourite memory of being coached by Malcolm Blight? Yeah, I think, again, he was ahead of his time. He was a very innovative coach. He had some, you know, he had, he was always trying to outsmart the opposition coach and he'd done that at Geelong he'd done that at uh, you know he, he used to do things and I think even when they won the premiership at Adelaide he started one of the halfback flankers at full forward and stuff like that he was very innovative but he was also innovative at training like uh, he could give the biggest spray of all time uh, but at the same time he could be you know he, he was very unpredictable and when he was like that then he kept people on the edge, and then, and of course, when you're on the edge, you always play with a little bit of flair, and you always play with a bit of, you know, up and go because you don't, you don't know quite what's going to happen next, you know. Oh, but cool. some of the things he used to do, like we sat on the edge of the pool and put a towel around the head, and we we're supposed to be uh, a TP, like the Indians are all sitting around the edge of the pool, you know, and, uh, and then another one was the cricket. Side, the the opening batsmen are going to be the ruckman and the rover, and then, then the centermen are going to take over at first drop. And you know, he used to go through the whole cricket team, and like uh, all those sort of things. All those words are just to get a little bit of edge, and and you had you had to pat him on the back for, for trying to get that little bit of edge. Occasionally, you know, it backfired on him, but that's going to happen when you, when you're trying to innovate things. You know, you're not going to get it all right. You know, so. Oh, I thought he was a wonderful coach, and uh, you know, he, he was obviously a bit of a freakish player himself, and, and a wonderful, you know, wonderful <laughs> footballer. So he probably understood where Gary, and he certainly got the best out of Gary Ablett. He he came along, he came along with him, and uh, he, he, he just he was just was an innovative coach, and you would say ahead of his time. Oh, that's what we heard from Tyson as well. Uh, wh- where do we find you now, mate? What are you up to and your involvement in footy? I'm in West Australia, still training racehorses. And, uh, we've scaled back a little bit now and just got a few less. But uh, we've had, like everything, we had some terrific runs and then you have your poor runs and then you have your, then you have your, have your ups and downs. But, uh, you know, we, we take the ebbs and the flows and... and uh, we always seem to get a winner something. Yeah. say, uh, we're, we're like most. Uh, we like winners. Uh, got any winners for us on the weekend? Um, uh, coming up, uh, well, we had a couple of seconds last week uh, at, uh, at Ascot. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a horse, Money for Old Rope, who's, who's pretty close to ready to win a race. So in the next couple of weeks, he'll be... He'll be uh, and they reckon that Money for Old Rope is money for... Su- uh, money for nothing, so something for nothing. Right. So, there we go. 
That's a good enough reason to, yeah. <laughs> to back it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good enough reason to have something on. <laughs> Very good. Hey, Mark, we'll leave it there, mate. But uh, thank you so much for uh, chatting to us tonight. It's been great to go down memory lane with you and, and, uh, and speak to you. There's one thing coming out of it. Never ever hop on a stretcher when you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Very true. Very good, mate. Right. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Mark.